So I want to speak to the importance of liner notes. Okay. Because we did a deep dive into uh, into the Amy Man Queens of the, of the Summer Hotel. Right, right. And I talked... I assume that was our highest rate episode. Uh, it's it's certainly up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did we get like 54 instead of 53 listeners? <laughs> We're not talking numbers. Um, for all we know, or for all people know, we have millions of listeners around the world. And we do. <laughs> but it's funny when I think that it's only... That's a very low number. Yeah. It's funny when I think it's low. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I interrupted. You Continue did interrupt. Sorry. This I was. I had a point. Uh, so I, I get on your soapbox, old man. Tell me about the liner notes. The liner notes are important. I be, because there was a delay in the vinyl production of the album. I just uh, last weekend picked up Queens of the Summer Hotel. Oh, so it's available now. It's available now. Oh god, I'm yeah. gonna have to go get. Uh, it's so I had been just based solely off of listening to it. I. Uh, had interpreted checks as a uh, as a uh, OCD tale. Yeah, that's how I did too. Uh, but if you look at the liner notes, which are done as 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 though uh, it were like stage directions and so forth. Okay, checks is presented as uh, uh, as like bed checks, like oh. the nurse going from room to room. Which also makes sense. It's the routine of, you know, swish, open the door, mm-hmm. checks. Uh, but I, I think that my interpretation... I like, your inter- I like our interpretation better, actually. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But well, maybe it's both. Maybe. Maybe. Because... That's how deep she goes. It's... Uh, I don't know if, if you... Do you own a physical copy of, of Play by Squeeze? Uh, no, I don't. Play has a which is uh, was released in ninety one. I think um, the only physical comp squeeze on my own is East Side Story. Oh, dude, dude, <laughs> how are we friends? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, really, motherfucker? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course, I'm kidding. Uh, it's done similarly. It's present. It's presented similarly as as, as though it were actually a play, and uh. there are. Uh, but I believe that uh, I believe that uh, that differed had nothing to do with with the way the booklet is done for play, whereas I'm sure Amy Mann did for Queens of the Summer Hotel. Well, she would have to. She's the owner and a distributor of the record label, right? Uh, but there there is some discussion of uh, amongst. Die Hard Squeeze fans of if you listen to play in the order that the songs are presented in the booklet, it tells a different story from if you listen to it the way it's uh, it's sequenced on the record. <laughs> He's making the jerk off motion, and uh, that's our time to introduce our program, which is Mental Platypus. I'm Jer. I'm Jason. <laughs> We're all out of whack now. I'm Jared, and uh, you can find Jason at Jason E. Kyle, K-E-I-L, on Instagram and Twitter. You can find this pretentious motherfucker at LTD underscore engagement. Drop the underscore like it's hot on the Instas. Yes. If you want to DM Mr. Mr. Jared, he's usually available for about 10 minutes. Uh, 
on Tuesday mornings when I do the socials for this for this podcast. Well, and and in that case, I would suggest actually doing it to the mental platypus account because that's what I uh, th- that's the only user that I'm logged in as. In fact, um, if you ever want contact Jared, give him the email address. Oh yeah, it's uh, mental platypus quarterly because at one point we were going to do a magazine. Uh, at hey, gmail, still- <laughs> at gmail dot com. There's still time, man. <laughs> there is. There is. I do need to. Uh, adjust the website or it's potential that the website might actually even come down if you don't want the website to come down you could contribute money to our patreon patreon.com slash hoot and waddle uh where if you contribute five dollars a month or more you get a bonus episode of us which we're going to record right after this and we're continuing on with our songbook discussion nick hornby it's gonna be jay gal's band this week or i month, know rather this i'm month. excited First, I look at the purse. <laughs> yes. I, I'm looking forward to discussing that. So, yeah, if you want more of us and to uh, help keep this endeavor alive, monetarily speaking, out there on the Internet, uh, then patreon.com slash Hoot and Waddle. But, Jared, tell mm-hmm. what we're discussing today. Today, welcome to this episode, which is very firmly titled... Two turntables and a platypus. <laughs> <laughs> it is the uh, the Beckisode. <laughs> it's the Beckisance. Yeah, uh, or we can uh, do, uh, or we could just uh, two white guys and two microphones. <laughs> yeah, we could, but then it would lose the conceit of having part of our our uh, show name in the title. <laughs> That's true. That's which is I have, so clever, and nobody else does that. I, I have I have noticed it, it didn't go it didn't go over my head that, that you've been doing. I've i it's because it gives me a giggle, and I have a small life, and uh, you know, <laughs> might as well get my yucks where I can, as they say. <laughs> Why well, won't yuck your yum, dude? <laughs> That's which is that's that's a phrase that's relatively recent, right? Yucking somebody's yum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where does that even come from? I don't know. I got from listening to Risk for three or four years. Okay, straight. so it's not that new then. I just hadn't really heard it until recently. And also, uh, when I think of yucks, I'm thinking of laughter usually. Yeah. So anyway, the the whole thing about this episode is we are going to do a, a, a discussion on Beck. We are, as uh, tastemakers and connoisseurs of pop culture, <laughs> going to uh, rank uh, what a uh, very topical, of course, because Beck is uh, as popular as he was in the mid to late nineties, um, if not more so. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's very, people are thinking, okay, I, I like Beck, sort of, but I really need to, you know, uh, I, I want to dive into his albums. But before I do that, I want to see what Jason and Jared think about Beck and what their ranking is like, for Like, where should I Beck's start? Albums. Yeah. Where should I start with this well, Jewish Scientologist genius? <laughs> where... <laughs> Worry, uh, fret no further, my friends, because we've got you covered, and we're going to come in with our hot takes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we mostly kept it to studio albums. We, we did, except... Okay, so... Or ma- the major label we're, stuff. A couple of things, right? So we're, we're doing... Um, I... There, there, he had two uh, very limited release albums pre, uh, pre-Mellow Gold... 
that we uh, both knew we were going to skip. Uh, and then he had an album between uh, Mellow Gold and Oldelay called One Foot in the Grave, which uh, I thought we were doing and so put in my ranking, but you did not, uh, mm-hmm. which is it's fine. It's a relatively obscure album for, for most Beck listeners. I liked it. Uh, if... Uh, if we were doing the what it's now eleven instead of twelve, I think. Yeah. Um, so if we were doing twelve, it would have come in at um, number ten for me. Okay. Just but now it's out of that entirely. So you, you if you want to keep that in mind, but uh, we're well, keeping it, it to available. eleven. It is available on Apple Music and I and, assume Spotify, Spotify if you found it. Yes. So I don't know how uh, rare it is. Now that you can't listen to Neil Young, go ahead and listen to uh, <laughs> go ahead and listen to Bex. Or, uh, or just give Tim Cook fifteen dollars and get you know, listen to it. Regard the thing is, regardless of which streaming service you choose, it's you're giving your money to a corporation that does not pay artists enough for their music. True. So you Yeah. Yeah. All right. So go buy the records. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, but we're going to do this James Bonding style. And if you're not familiar with James Bonding, which is a podcast that both of us love, yes, uh, when they do episodes where they rank, also hosted by two white guys, it is also hosted by two white guys, (laughs) sensing a theme here. (laughs) Um, But if uh, so, but to the point of that, if, if you're not familiar with how they do their ranking episodes, what they will do is they will individually come up with a ranking and they will go from the bottom of the list to the top of the list, but they will just not um, discuss the items in their list until they have both named them. Yep. Uh, so don't peek at my list. Uh, dude, you've been peeking at mine since I, I opened my book because I, I used a pen. Well, I, well, it's handwriting is more difficult to read upside down than... Uh, than than text. I'm saying so. I have not actually seen what's what. You, yeah, we have not discussed been. this. We we went out for our pregame pregame breakfast and yeah. No, we, very pointedly, we did not discuss our list because I want I want to be surprised. Yeah, I want to be shocked. I want to be. Uh, and I think I'm going to shock you because I shocked myself. All right. Well, then, without further ado, let's go ahead and and kick this shit off. All right. Number eleven. Number eleven. Midnight vultures. Same here. Okay, <laughs> so my note was when because so I I don't know how you did this, but I I I, I like Beck a lot. I don't realize how much I like Beck though until I listen to Beck. And mm. Beck is somebody who it's kind of an oddity in my music collection. I think where I have most of his albums, mm. and. I have a couple that are among my favorite albums of all time, but I don't seem to listen to them very often. But yeah. then when I was like, when I suddenly decide, oh, you know what? I want to throw on a Beck album. I'm like, God damn it. Why aren't I listening to Beck all the time? Yeah, that's it's exactly. He's very, that's the thing about him is like, he's so solely good. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't realize how much, I didn't realize how much I loved him until, um, and I'll just like he started releasing singles independently, like around 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. And I listened to like this 12 minute record single, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, like, oh shit, like I fucking love Beck. I have like all this fucking albums. Like, how, like, why 
don't I have like a t-shirt, man? <laughs> why exactly. don't I have like a poster up? Something. Like, yeah. Like, right. Why? And when I started talking, when I started dating my wife, like, and I was like, oh shit. Like, like we both like the same Beck album. <laughs> like, mm. like, um, like it's just, Beck is someone who is always like on the tip of everyone's tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, never gets talked about because there's always someone who's like being more louder with their image. Right. Beck just kind of does quietly does this thing. Um, and it's like, I didn't even realize hyperspace was released until like probably like a month after it came out. Yeah. Like that's how like low on the radar. <laughs> right. Um, I think he is for some people. Um, but Midnight Vultures. Midnight Vultures. My my note when I listened to this one was least favorite question mark, and it proved to be true. It yeah. was my least favorite album. I, There's a couple of songs on there that slap. I I, I like uh, Deborah. Deborah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for it was Sex Laws and Deborah. Yeah, That's, those are the two. For those me. are the two for me. And, like, there, there's a few other ones. It's just the falsetto gets really oh, grating. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just a style overall that I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan of. It's not that he even executes it poorly or anything like that. Um, it's it's just I don't know. I've, I've I it's it's the one that I've listened to least in his catalog, except for an album that we'll get to eventually, I'm sure. Uh, and. It, I don't know. It just it's it's not one that I ever I ever have gone back to. And for me, it's also of all of his stuff, it seems so firmly time stamped to me. Yeah. It's just so kitschy. Mm-hmm. It's def um like I get what he was trying to do is just trying to do like this R and B thing and like seriously, half the songs sound like they're made on dare. There's no center. Right. Yeah. Like there's no center to them. Like it, and it's not I find the falsetto to be getting a little grading. However, it, it does get to be grading. However, like even though like I don't go back to it, like it's not bad. No, like I uh, to make a poor comparison, like um, you know when Ryan Adams came up with his like goth record, mm-hmm. um, so many people found that shit annoying. Like I don't mind that. Like Beck did this. Like, no, no, I, I, I don't. Th- the thing is that Beck. And, and we'll get into this, I think, definitely so in the middle. Uh, he's he's somebody who's immensely listenable. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not necessarily a a, a terrible album that he's released, yeah. but this is this is definitely my least favorite. Yeah, it's it's too goofy to take seriously. Yeah, and it's too goofy, to, and it's like I don't know what. Am I supposed to take this seriously? It's it's all it almost it it sticks out as the most novelty record that yeah. he's released. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, again, like at the end of the day, like it's not bad. I'm glad. Even even my least favorite Beck album is not is is still better than a lot of shit. So, oh yeah, Midnight Vultures is better than your Midnight Vultures. It's better than a lot of shit. <laughs> That's the advertising campaign for an album that I think what came out in ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, yeah, Midnight Vultures. I'm trying to think of like who would we even like other than like the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. Who would we even compare Beck to? 
and the, even the Beastie Boys are like a bad comparison. Yeah. Like other than like is somebody who like genre hops, you mean? Yeah. And, and it kind of doesn't does the sampling and like everything. Um, like, like he's for some reason when I especially when I listened to this album and I I can't explain it exactly, but when I listened to Midnight Vultures, I had Jamiroquai in my head. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. It does. Like, I even, like, because he shows up briefly in the Sparks movie. Like, I even thought. Oh, yeah. I even thought, like, who would you oh, compare Beck to? Yeah. Like, I guess you could compare him to Sparks, but like, even well, Sparks is okay. like. So, I think that in that comparison, the reason that you would compare him to Sparks is in his his compulsion to just do whatever he feels like doing. Yeah. He's just going to write the songs and release the album that he feels like it's like sparks doing balls, Yeah, you know? Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's probably, and you, and then you can really see also why he's such a fan of them as well. Yeah. Like, it's, so this is his another, balls. yeah, it's, <laughs> this is Beck's balls. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it, it I, you can see where he feels a, like a, an artistic kinship with them, though, as far as being other artists who are uh, pretty uncompromising in what they feel like they want to do in that moment. Okay. And yeah. and regardless of what we feel about this album, he's fully committed. Oh, yeah. Like, there's there's no... Like, he's not doing this, like... It's not phoning it in kind of stuff. Oh, definitely yeah. not. He, he, went, he went hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Deborah... And her sister. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, number 10. I, I want you to go first. You want me to go I'm first? Gonna, I'm going to shock you. Number 10 for me is Colors. Number 10 for me is Morning Phase. Holy fuck. Okay, we can't discuss it yet. Number 9, The Information. Number 9, Hyperspace. Holy shit. Number 8. Guero. Number eight, Mellow Gold. Number seven, Modern Guilt. Number seven, Mutations. Holy, our lists are so fucking different. This, the James Bonding version. This is not going to be a short ass episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, so then where are we? Number six. Number six is Hyperspace. So we now have to talk about hyperspace. No, we now have to talk about hyperspace. All right. Uh, I was surprised that hyperspace made it so far up the list for me, mm-hmm. but I have uh, listening to it again recently. It's, you know, I think when we get to talk about some of the uh, about uh, the information, Guerrero and Modern Guilt. For me, as especially as I was listening to these all right in a row, mm-hmm. uh, that swath of albums felt, while individually they are good, they all sound very much of a piece. Um, and Beck, to me, was always in one of the great things about him is that his, you know, his recording output seemed so varied to me. And then I was surprised when I listened to those three right in a row of how samey they felt. And then when I listened to Hyperspace, like, this feels like a breath of fresh air. 
I can. It, see. it feels like, um, to me, it feels like he uh, maybe it was a production partnership with Pharrell. I don't know, uh, but he it's it sounds like uh, like a splash of water to the face. I, I gotta admit, like I'm surprised that hyperspace is so high up on your list. And I was surprised too because this to me feels like I don't want to say like he's trying so hard to sound like he's of the moment, mm-hmm. but that's how it kind of came off a little bit to me. And I mean, he's wanted to work with Pharrell, I guess, ten years at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to me, it seems like a match made in heaven. Like these are two guys who like are crate divers who have creative minds who dress in goofy hats and uh, have great taste in music. Right. Um, and I like the idea. And even on the cover, like you put a Camry yeah. on the cover of your record and you look like Don Johnson <laughs> and Miami vice. It's very eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but you listen and like I'm, I listen. And I'm like going, I I like this okay, mm-hmm. but it, I I I'm hesitant to use the word sellout. But I see, I didn't get that like vibe at all. Especially, um, I guess he's just trying. I I guess the more appropriate would be grasping at relevance. I I don't know because like. It doesn't feel that way to me, though. It I felt I, that way. Well, me. there's an album that we'll get to. Hopefully, I, I'm surprised that it hadn't come out on your list yet. I'm surprised it's ranking as high as it is. But there's an album that we'll get to talk about eventually, where I feel like that's his sellout album, uh, or at least his his stab at trying to grab uh, to to reestablish relevance. I I think you know the the final song on. Um, on uh, on hyperspace everlasting nothing i think is one of mm-hmm. one of his best songs yeah. i i think it's oh is it the second track on the record on eventful days uh, eventful days yeah, yeah with the um phil collins sample <laughs> yeah um is it phil collins or is it genesis um it's the take me home you know do 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 do, do, do like mm-hmm. it like it feels like something Diddy would do, like it doesn't. It doesn't seem something Beck would do. It seems like everything. Uh, here, oh, so here's a way to put it then, like, it's just everything he's come up with, like all the things he's sampled to this point, mm-hmm. like, are just maybe something that maybe other crate divers would find, like. Like on Ole, you got the Van Morrison version of um, um, uh, on Jackass. You've got uh, him doing the Van Morrison cover of Dylan. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's all over now, Baby Blue. And like, just instantly, like, I know, like, this is Phil Collins. Like, it just feels like something that it's been done before. Like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I feel a little bit with it. I mean, if he likes it, that's fine. It's just, it feels like this is turning an 80s song into like a ballad, you know, into. Yeah. It doesn't feel very, you know, new to me. And that's the kind of thing I like about, especially with his work with the Dust Brothers, is like he 
takes these things and he mm-hmm. makes them into something new and something that is goofy and obscure. Like, it, yeah. So I, I just, it feels like this to me feels like something very slick and very, it's, it's definitely, I think his slickest album. Yeah. Possibly ever, but I don't know. It, and that's why, I, and that's, I think what I don't like about it mm. or not, not so much like doesn't, why it doesn't grab me as much. Cause it, feels so it's like whereas like it you know it, it feels even more distant than like uh it feels a lot more it doesn't feel like him like it doesn't feel like he should be the slick even mm-hmm. but i mean more power to him from like finally making a slick record i don't uh, see i just I, wish i liked it more <laughs> i i think that you know again once we get to this album hopefully sooner than later because i'll be shocked if it ranks much higher on your list but um this in this particular instance versus the other record that we'll eventually talk about i i feel like the songwriting holds up under the production yeah uh and that is the to me if you are going to make something slick and if you are going to make something that is trying to i don't know recapture an audience or trying to um revive your career in some way if the songwriting holds up underneath it all, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, I don't know, I would be interested to see with, for you where, whether that or not that changes over, your opinion on the record changes over time. Okay, so what number was that for you? For me, that was number six. Okay, so my number six is Colors. See, I, that's where I'm surprised that that ranked that high for you. <laughs> Tell me why it ranked so high. It's just so fun. I... Oh man, I uh, colors. It's just like I said, a colors fun ranked. record. The thing is, so I, the reason, the only reason Midnight Vultures for me ranked lower than Colors uh, is because I think overall the maturity of Beck on Colors uh, shines through in a, in a couple of spots where I'm like, okay, he even as even though this is very much not an album for me. Um, there were still a couple of songs on there, like um, uh, I think it's "Dear Life," the mm-hmm. second uh, song on there, and um, like "Colors" is such a fun song and such a fun video. Allison Breeze in the video, directed by Edgar Wright, like continuing yeah. that like little relationship they've got going, like, and I'm. It's just fun. Like I just like, like, um, I so for for me, colors feels like hyperspace feels for you. Yeah. Uh, I, to me, that's it's just like it was, it was like a, a waving of a hey. Remember, I used to be like the goofy guy that did fun shit. Also, you know this because it's yeah. this follow up to morning phase. Uh, and did you, let me ask you this then because you brought this up. Mm-hmm. Did you honestly expect, like, after morning phase to him to keep doing the sad bastard shit? No, because he—that's always been his thing, though. I mean, if if you look at the release pattern, basically since Odelay, because he goes Odelay mutations, right? Um, and then, well, and then I guess Sea Change comes after mutations, so that ruins. No, my... no, no. Um, Guero came after. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Are it's... you looking? Um, Guero was oh f- two or three or oh four or oh five. Uh, 
I am definitely right on this. I'm telling you. Oh, you, no. Sea changes. Sea ch- yeah. It, uh, no. So it goes mute. That's right. So it does follow my 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 yeah. initial thing. So for it to go from Odelay to Mutations to Midnight Vultures. Yeah. To then uh, Sea Change, Change. Then Guero. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get into that. The in only, but the only anytime thing- he releases, anytime he releases the Sad Bastard album, he puts out a counterpoint to it. Well, the only thing that's different is, um, like after Guero, he does the information, right? Which, which is, we're we're gonna get to those that those albums we're we're gonna come to very quickly. So I because you, you I have a so, feeling huh? about that. I do uh, because we're all, because there are only five albums to dis- to list after this, so we have to come to them. Um, you think you know my list, man? <laughs> go ahead. No, Again, sorry, we're narrowing ahead. it down. There are only five more possibilities. Um, so no, I did not expect him to release another sad bastard album. And the thing is, I don't need him to. For instance, you know, I I think that um, I, I I don't know. I like that he shakes that up. That he that he that he changes that sort of thing up. Um, but this was just I I I don't know. It it just to me it just seemed like so much of an obvious. Uh, uh, pr- uh, production style. Um, I I don't. The, the the other thing with Beck is that he, he has never felt like somebody who was trying to fit into a moment mm-hmm. or to be, uh, you know, to to I don't know to to fit in with whatever the musical landscape is at the time. And for me, Colors seems like an obvious play. To be like, hey, I can hang with these kids. Um, oh, see, because that's what hyperspace likes me, especially with the guest stars. Because mm-hmm. he's got like, you know, all these you know cool kids hanging out with him. It's inter- that's. I mean, it's interesting to me then that that we basically have this feeling flipped because yeah. the way you you feel about hyperspace, I feel about colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the only so far like the biggest. I think up to this point. The biggest guest star that's ever been on a Beck album is uh, like Christina Ricci on <laughs> Guero, <laughs> like, yeah. and, and maybe his wife, <laughs> so yeah. or his ex-wife. So. Um, I, I I don't know. It, it's I also think that the songwriting on Hyperspace is better than the songwriting on Colors. No, you know, like, um, I like. There's this phrase on Wow. Uh, um, it's your life. It's your life. Uh, can't do it once. Can't do it twice. Uh, that whole mm-hmm. bridge with the rap. Um, I just love. Um, I, don't, I did not. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because you don't like rap and you. That's, I, I don't dislike. It. Let's not get into that. We're staying on Beck. <laughs> <laughs> because there is some rap that I do like. I do not dislike all rap. Uh, all right, the Beastie Boys don't count, dude. So we're on to number five, <laughs> and we're going to be able to discuss this one now. Uh, mm-hmm. My number five is Mellow Gold. Okay, so um, I remember where did it come on your list again? Number eight. Number I I was shocked that it was that low on your list. It should have been higher. I I, I, I can't I believe listened, colors rated higher than I, you know. I, I thought I was going to put higher, and when I actually like. The middle part was so hard for me to do. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm going through the list last night, and I'm like, how? Like, but no gold. 
So much better than I remember. Yeah, that's that's an album to me that's aged well. Uh, like when hip- I was first getting into Beck, I was listening a lot to you know to that trio of uh, 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 well, for initially just the duo of Odelay and Mutations, and then when then when Sea Change comes out, it's a trio uh, because I totally skipped over Midnight Vultures, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I feel like that. I mean, there there are some moments where it's just it's too lo-fi for me. It's too much of the 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 mumbled, uh, I, I, you know. It's so psychedelic, though. Like, yeah, uh, the the hippie girl song. Yes, um, that's that's when I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I for me, it's <laughs> I wrote. Um, it's a glorious mess of a '90s milestone, <laughs> <laughs> and loser, pay no mind, nightmare hippie girl, yeah. just fucking classics. Those are those are stone cold classics. Yeah. I was surprised because I I remember having that album. And I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna listen to Loser over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then when I got, and of course I didn't, but like I. It's one of those ones I never went back to for like a long time, and then like this forced me to go back. So like, and I, I didn't stop listening to it for like the whole afternoon. I listened to it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Well, I, I was mean, surprised how high it was, how high it is on my list, just because. I, or rather, how low it is on your list? How low it? Well, it, eight is low for that. Um. Yeah, but I. Um. But there were some other ones that kind of snuck up on me. Too. We'll 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 get to them. Yeah, shortly. Uh, but yeah, I, I I it's 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 got a firm place at the bottom of the top five for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's something where it, it was not one that I had gone back to a lot, but listening to it uh, in in my run through for for discussing this episode, I was like, you know what, I like this more now than I did when it first came out. Oh, same here. Like I'm, I'll probably listen to it when I get home. Oh, All right. What's your number my, five? My number five is, uh, uh, I believe we can talk about, um, modern guilt now. Cause that is my number five, which was my number seven. Yeah. Uh, so I, I also like modern guilt, modern guilt. Um, of that, of that run of, of Guerrero, the information and modern guilt, modern guilt comes up on top. Um, it's, I, you know, I, I it think, shouldn't, but I mean, go ahead. Well, whatever. Um, go ahead and explain yourself, I guess. I, well, sway I, me. I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to sway you. I have no interest in swaying you. Uh, it's, I, the, the title track, uh, and gamma ray, Mm-hmm. Um, those two songs in particular put it over the other two albums that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. What I like about Marn Guilt is that at that time that came out when Danger Mouse was the producer of, du jour, du jour of the yeah. time, uh, you could tell it was like... A, I'm sorry. It's going to bother me if I don't pronounce it correctly for any French listeners. <laughs> Du jour. It's du, not de. I I I, okay. I remember my my college. Our French. Quebec, it's, it's our Quebec jour. listeners. <laughs> Quebecois, you mean? Yeah, yeah. our Quebecois listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thank you for your uh, kind attention. I'm sure, as well as our listeners. But 
the thing I liked about Marn Gilt is that, um, a da- you know, a Danger Mouse produced record meant that it would sound like sort of like a Gnarls Barkley record, kind of, yeah, or or like uh, uh well, had had the um. Oh, shit. Had the Broken Bells record come out at that point? I think so. So, yeah, I, that's, I mean... Which that, the whole thing isn't... I, I, I Anyway, but... <laughs> We're not getting into Broken Bells I don't want to get into Broken Bells now. Uh, but also also the one that he did... Um, like This sounds like it still sounds like Rome. a... Rome. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Yeah. That, um, Rome that he did with uh, Jack White and... Yeah. Well, yeah. I think Jack White plays... Jack White either plays on this one or on Guero. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe both for all I know. Um, cause you don't have the liner notes. I don't have the liner notes. Oh, shut up. <laughs> get, off, get off my lawn, old man. God. No, <laughs> I'm the old man. My lawn, you get off. <laughs> anyway, it's, I like kind of the struggle here cause it's, and probably not even a struggle. Like these are two people who probably should have been collaborating a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's very clear to me how much Danger Mouse admires Beck. Probably, a, yeah, an inspiration. And it doesn't feel like this is like a Danger Mouse produced album, right? No, it there feels are touches. Like a Beck album. Yeah, it yeah. still feels like a Beck album. That's why I like about Martin Gill is that it, you know he didn't make it. He didn't. Well. I don't know. I don't know enough. I, you know, I, I didn't read anything in preparation for this. I didn't do any research into any of the albums. I just all I did was listen to the music. And to me, uh, again, in that run of albums, this feels like the tightest of them. Um, mm-hmm. The information is very well. well. We'll get into it. I think it's sprawling. I also think Guerrero is, is pretty inconsistent. Um, but uh, you know, then Modern Guilt is. Is 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 very tight to me. Mm. It's a it's a tight, solid album. I, I, it's um, yeah. I was surprised. Like listening to it again, like it's it's still feeling very much like a Beck album, and mm-hmm. that's I think where I'll leave it. Like I I agree with you that the like the sixties garage rock touches are very nice. Mm-hmm. I get feels like both have a very good fascination with the time, with the sound, with everything, and it uh, it just sounds great. So. Modern Guilt. Modern Guilt. That was your number five? Yep. So we're on to number four. Number four. Me or you? It, uh, you do it. I'll do it. Odalay. The Information. Okay, so we can talk about The Information now, which was my number, uh, I guess, eight. Ten, yeah. nine, eight. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have nothing bad to say about The Information, other than I think it's a, it's a sprawling album. I think it's too long. Well, you know, so the information is um, a is a outreach of the sea change sessions. Um, is it? Yeah, it actually is. Like, which it makes actually little was a, sense to me. No, well, let me explain, sir. Because it comes after Guero, which is the one that comes out between the two of those. You, you gotta let me explain, okay. man. You gotta uh, let go ahead, me explain, go ahead, please. I mean, morning phase is more of a that too mm-hmm. but um nigel godrich mm-hmm. produced sea change yes and so they did the sad album the sad bastard album there mm-hmm. and then they wrote songs that would eventually become the information okay um but guero came out first because he decided to collaborate with dust brothers again gotcha 
So okay. So he did two albums with he did two, at the time he did, was doing two albums with Nigel Garrich, but the Dust Brothers one came out first. Um, the information also feels is that did that come out the closest to uh, to Scott Pilgrim? Mm, no, actually, I believe Marin Gilt came out closest to Scott Pilgrim, which is why. Scott Pilgrim, I liked Scott Pilgrim soundtrack too because mm-hmm. it felt like it was an extension of that garage rock sound, mm-hmm. like that he was doing with Danger. Like I felt like that was like a continuation outreach. Like yeah, um, but there's there's some of that like eight bit sound on on the information. Yeah, well that's just Beck being Beck. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I there's not like a bad track on, it, but I like. Um, I like think I'm in love a lot. Uh, yeah, no, that's 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 a really good there, song. There's like not like there seriously is not like a dud on the track. Cell phone's dead. Yeah. I just love the intro to that. Yeah, I so I, and I remember that being like one of the last instances in the in the nadir of of CDs, basically where uh, it was the the packaging was a big deal because you had all of these different um, like. Uh, cover releases and uh, like sticker combinations because you could do <laughs> yeah you, you could do like the there were four pages of the sticker so yeah. you could make it be whatever you want it to be mm-hmm. there was a DVD that yeah. they did like with the videos yep. to each song yeah um, I just like, this it, is top five for you so this is this is to me this is where we should begin to really justify okay why are these albums in our top five because that's the, that's the coveted spot that that those are top favorite five? albums top why, five why do I need to justify top five like for the information there's not a bad track on there and okay. it is ambitious okay. like and it um like it's just because it's so ambitious because it's so like but the thing is, like, you never know as ambitious. He's like, a, he's like the most ambitious slacker. Yeah, I, I for again, I don't disagree with you. I don't think there's necessarily a bad song on there. For me, yeah. it just it 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 drags a little bit. There are, there mm-hmm. are parts that, uh, that again, which is why like, Modern uh, Guilt edges out over it for me mm-hmm. because Modern Guilt feels like such a tight album. I feel like that it could have done with a little more editing. Like, um, if I like thousand beats per minute, I yeah. like like there's just to me as sprawling as you think it is. I think for like is what, that is how it? it's coming to you? One thousand beats per minute? Yeah. <laughs> well, like what? There's like what sixteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen songs on that. Something like that. Yeah. Like you got sixteen songs that you've written, mm-hmm. and not one of them sucks. Mm. Like that's how I justify my top five, baby. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, this the reason that it, it falls towards the, the bottom filler. of the ranking for me is that is that it just it, it feels it, it's it's it just feels too long. No filler, all killer, man. Uh, okay, like, I'll just agree to disagree on that because I, I I don't because I don't agree. I, I think that I think that like I like I said I don't. It's over an hour long. <laughs> And I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there could have been, that the, 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 just, there could have been some, some tightening up in there. That's all. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let them know. 
Well, uh, yeah. you, you convey that to Beck, you know, yeah. when, when you guys hang out for coffee or whatever, and yeah. you say, man, we went over these rankings the other day, and, uh, and, and Jared thought this was just, he thought it was too long. I stood up for it, though. I really liked it. It's in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> well, when me and the male brothers and, and Mr. Hanson all sure, go, I'll go me get at the espresso. Farm, yeah. I'll get espresso at the farmer's market. <laughs> I'll be sure. Like, I'll be sure to relay the message. Yeah, which, please do. Have I? Did I tell you that we were probably going to do that if we didn't it, have to get home? Yeah, you did. That we were going. I was going to try to run to the Mail Brothers at, at the farmers market. Yeah, yeah. It didn't. It didn't work out. But um, all right. It's what's okay. your number when, four? When I go to the Super Bowl this year to to watch the Rams uh, beat the show the Chiefs, I'll be sure to. Is that? Is are you getting the uh, the? Are you getting the tickets that are printed on graham crackers like they did in The Simpsons or whatever? <laughs> you remember it was a gra- it was some sort of cracker. The I, tickets are yeah, printed yeah, on crackers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's when I opened the candy bar and I see the golden ticket to Super Bowl Fifty Six. Sure. All right. Okay. So, um, so we are at number three. No, you're number four, right? Or no? What was your, your number? Number four, four was the information. information. My number four. Your number four was we switched. I think yours was on guilt, right? No, my number four is Odile. Okay. So, uh, which you haven't come up to yet, I guess. No. Okay. So, uh, my number three is Morning Phase. Okay. So we can talk Morning wow. Phase because Morning Phase was Paolo ten. Holy shit! And I do not regret, sir. What? <laughs> <laughs> wah, 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 wah. What? Wah, 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 wah. I'm turning I'm somehow turning into Richard Nixon. You want you want to talk about you want to talk about a long album, Morning Phase. Oh, dude. really? Yeah. Uh, I Morning Phase is like a warm bath. I just want to sit in it and uh, let it do its magic. Like like a warm warm bubble bath with like a bath like one of those those fancy bath bombs that's aromatic or whatever. Yeah. That, like. Yeah. No. Yep. No, I don't want him. Well, like, okay. So it's my turn to justify why it's yeah, so high why? for me. And that's that's why. Because it's, to me, it is the sonic equivalent of a relaxing uh, warm bath. I just, I, I want to sit there in it and, and let it, uh, let it, uh, you know, fill my senses and just luxuriate in its, its rich uh, sonic palette and... Uh, well, that's that, that's great. I feels like uh, feels like sea change part two, <sighs> which it which it is. Like, I I disagree. It legitimately is. I mean, I I, I it is an, it is an extension a, of sea change. I, I think it's a close cousin to sea change, but uh, no, it's literally like the leftover songs from sea change, dude. <laughs> okay, well, see, I I mean, I, I mean, it's a little nothing br- of it, but it's a little brighter, I guess. Yeah, but I'm. I, I think it again, like I think it's too long. Like, and I, it's mm. it's good fall asleep music. Uh, I agree to disagree on that. Then it's no. it, to me, it's top three. It's top five material. Oh, wow. Middle of the top five. Hey, that's fine, man. That's fine. You know what my number three is? I gotta tell you, this is what surprised me. Ole is my top three. Is my third. Uh, well, it was number four for me. So I, we're pretty close on that. Uh, I, I I honestly thought it would be number one. 
I knew it was not going to be number one. I, I knew it wouldn't be your number one, but I was surprised it wasn't my number one because it's consistently like... I Okay, so I... It's probably the one why, I listen to the most. I... Uh, not, uh, not for me. Uh, so, Odelay, I which I have a copy of on vinyl, Side One Slaps. <gasps> really? Because so do. do I. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh really? Oh, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> You're so cool, Jared. You have a bio, so do I. I the, the only reason I want to, the only difference being that, of course, I, I have morning phase on vinyl oh too. Oh my God, so do I. <laughs> um, the point is that the whole reason that I'm making that point is that I think there's a clear delineation between which is the better side. Um, and which, of course, most of my listening to it had been on CD because I, you know, I bought it when it came out and it was on CD. Um, but if, you know, when I listened to it this time, prepping for it, I listened to it on vinyl and I'm like, side one is fucking perfect. And I get to side two and I'm like, eh, there's a, there's a few duds on this one. Which one? Um, oh, tell me, tell me, tell me what's the dud on side two, because because I I love to know. I I just okay so well and there's there's uh, another thing I wanted uh, I'll, I'll 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 justify the duds first. Hang on, I will I will justify the duds. I think that um, because uh, I'm I I, I I'm. Racking uh, my what? brain to see what. The, oh, did you a, realize there isn't a dud? No, I'm not a huge fan of high five. High five. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, and like, you're wrong. Uh, but go ahead. I, I, it's it's just it's 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 a much weaker second side. When you look at uh, Devil's Haircut, Hot Wax. Lordly knows new pollution, derelict, novocaine, jackass. That's all side one. Yeah, I, I haven't. And then, yeah. So side two starts out with the. Uh, and are you ready for at. this? Are you ready for me to drop this bomb? Where it's at, I could do without ever hearing again. What? If if we're gonna talk, so between. I was thinking about this with, um, what, what, what? especially in relation to Loser, right? Because those are the two most ubiquitous um, Beck songs. If 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 people are just casually familiar with Beck, they know Loser and they know where it's at. And I I'm not I I don't tire of hearing Loser the way that I tire of hearing where it's at. I'm no. <laughs> Now we've reached the point of the podcast where no. I've broken Jason. No, no, <laughs> no. Like, God damn it. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, that's coming in hot, man. What the hell? I don't know what to say to that, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just, I, to me, I, it's, And, you know, it may surprise you to know that I have Bruce songs that are like that, too, where I've just heard them so much and I don't love them. And it's just like I I could do without hearing it again. It's okay. Like, I I know it without ever hearing it again. What Bruce song is that for you? Ramrod. Oh, yeah. That's (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) 
But like, you don't like where it's at. Uh, that's know, like, what else is there to it? That is like the song that is back, man. Where it's at. Two turntables and a microphone. Where it's at. Yeah, it's just there's not much to hold it up. It sounds great. It, th- no. But, you know, that was a good drum break. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's beautiful, Dad. <laughs> or that, like, there's so many, like, things in that song that are just so great to me. Like, little nooks and crannies in that song. I need a little more substance. I need, I need a little more, you know, uh, I need a little more something to chew on. No, you're just not looking hard enough. What? I don't know what to tell you. How much harder do I have to look? I don't know, but... I'm a lyrics guy. And as far as, you know, as far as... Oh, well, that explains it. That explains everything. (laughs) That literally, like, this whole argument's been moot anyway. (laughs) Because I forgot. You're a lyrics guy. He said disdainfully. You've got... You're you're a damn poet. How... (laughs) (laughs) I, I... I don't know. What to like, tell you. like it doesn't have to be poetry, man. But man, if it makes you move, it makes you think. You know, there's. I. I this is why. But this is why I'm not such. Uh, you know, a, a fan of. You know, I don't know more dance music kind of stuff. Because if if um, if it doesn't have enough to pique my interest uh, from a lyrical standpoint, whether that's a clever turn of phrase or or mm-hmm. a, a good. Uh, you know, a good story song or something, you know, th- th- then I'm just, I lose interest quickly. Mm. So that's what it is. Yeah. So, so for me, it's, it's not exactly. So the surrealism, so the surrealism, the surreal lyrics, the nonsensical lyrics of Beck do not matter to you. But, but so this explains a lot, you know, why you don't, um, appreciate the sample heavy ones, right? Yeah, exactly. As opposed to the sad bastard ones. Yes. Okay. Well, I, that explains a lot. But I mean, you're definitely wrong about where it's at. You are not where it's at, sir. <laughs> Take your two turntables and a microphone and go the fuck home. I, you are well, home. I, I, I am. <laughs> I'm already here. Well, I'm surprised how I've got what two microphones and one turntable. <laughs> God. Well. <laughs> For me, I, I was surprised it was number three because I, for... You thought it was going to be number one. I honestly thought it was going to be number one. I think I know what your number one is now. You know what my number one is. I'm pretty sure you do at this point. It's, um, but um, and I, I never has like a 90, like I recognize has made me so interested in like where it came from. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that like there are so many nooks and crannies that it's kitschy and cool and fun even still now. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I mean, it's, it's number four, it's top five. It's not like I put it down with, with mutation that or with midnight vultures rather. That's and, not the point. The point is you put, you said I could do without where it's at. Yeah. I could do without where it's at. No, I, I'm just, I'm saying what's I your favorite track on the album then? Uh, Okay, well, so for for me, my top three are Devil's Haircut, New Pollution, and Jackass. Okay, I will. Okay, I'm going to give you that. You can have that. Thank you. Put that in your pocket. All right. Save it for a rainy day. Okay. <laughs> I actually really like. I actually really like Jackass on the album. I think that's probably. I actually like that probably more than where it's at. But I do not. 
I want it there. It's mm-hmm. it's my it's song. Fine. It's my it jam. Can, it's it, it's it can be there. It's fine. It can stay where it is. You can have it. <laughs> I'm just. It's not my favorite Beck moment. I think he's done much better. It it actually upsets me that that's like when people think of Beck, that's what they're gonna think. Oh yeah, that bothers me too. Like there's so much more Beck than just that song. Yes. And loser. Like those are the like on the like when they write the obit. Yeah. In like 50 years. Because Beck will live forever. He's going to outlive us. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a Jewish Scientologist. Hasn't he officially left Scientology? Didn't he say? Technically, he was never a part. Like, it, it goes. Yeah. You could go either way. Mm-hmm. Like, he's different on the opinion. But I mean, like, I think either way, like, he's between those two like he's gonna yeah. live forever sure yes um between yeah between between science fiction and jewish mysticism which you know is kind of a flavor of the same thing uh he's covered yeah he's good <laughs> he's gonna be fine like he's gonna eat yeah, it'll be some locks and right we're we're almost done we've got two more to discuss and i think that it's it's gonna be a quick we're gonna name our number two and number one and then we're gonna get to, to yeah uh okay so number two for me is mutations uh, okay, so we'll discuss mutations because mutations was surprisingly low on your list for me. Oh, uh, it was number seven. See, that was surprisingly high for me. I am shocked, sir. I am, I think it is a perfect album, um, and potentially the only perfect album. It's notice it's not my favorite, but I think it's the only perfect album. I think this is almost blue. I I think it's his. Well, you can't say it's his Almost Blue because Almost Blue is a covers album. Well, no. But it's just like, I'm going to do something different album. So more Imperial Bedroom. Yeah, sure. Why, okay. why the fuck not? <laughs> it says, hey guys, I'm a serious songwriter album for you. I guess. Like, I... I... I so, okay. Let's let's just quickly go through the track listing of of mutations, and you tell me why this is. It's it's going to be you know this is this is contentious. I'm I'm shocked. We're actually more. I was fine. I was literally fine until you said I could do without where it's at. Okay, well, but I could. So, <laughs> but I cannot do without every song of mutations is fantastic. Um, and I, I, I'll explain. I, I just—I don't know why. For instance, the information ranks higher on your list than mutations. <laughs> How is that? I've explained myself to you over and over again. Ah, uh, it opens with cold brains. Okay, can I explain? <laughs> and then nobody's fault but my own. So good. So good. So, mutations had been marketed mm-hmm. at the time as a like a throwaway records like mm-hmm. throwaway song. Album. Okay. So at the time, it didn't interest me because because it was incorrectly marketed. It was incorrectly marketed. Yes. Like it was just because there's not a dud on here. Uh, yeah. So it's still got the two. You know, it, it was like if you're looking for two turntables on a microphone, look elsewhere. You're not going to get that here. Well, that's very true, and that's yeah. why I wanted. And having listened to it like a few times, um, now like it it it's moving up, dude. Yeah. So, so currently, right now, at, at this point in my back ranking, mm-hmm. 
at seven. Yeah. Okay. It could go up even higher. I just was like, oh, damn, this is like much better than I thought it was the outside of the one time I listened to it. You know, one or two times I've listened to it to this point. Okay. So that's why it's so low, dude. Okay. I see why you like it. I, I just want to I, I want to name check some specific songs. Cold Brains, obviously. Yep. Nobody's Fault But My Own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Live Again. Mm-hmm. Cancel Check. Bottle of Blues. Uh, it, all of them. Fucking just no, they're, brilliant songs. They're all class. Like, dude, we're, we're ranking like the most consistent artists like of, from of the modern era. Mm. So like, but don't, you know, don't blame me because Geffen decided like Marco, this is like a not essential B-sides record. Well, I mean, it's an essential like A plus record. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. What's your number two? God. <laughs> um, it's Sea Change. Okay. We can't discuss that yet. Okay. Uh, well, actually, we can now because my number one is Sea Change. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want well, a gut punch of a record. It's uh, the, that record, uh, which, okay, what year did Sea Change come out? Sea oh, Change nine. came out. No, 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 no. no, no. There's um, no way. It did not come out oh, in 09. Three. Um, oh, two. September oh, two. of 2002. So it came out uh, in, the, in the middle of my marriage, actually. And it was an album that uh, my ex-wife and I really both loved. Mm-hmm. But then... Uh, it became a much more important divorce album for me. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of years later, where I, I, I was listening to that one a lot. I believe that. Specifically hitting repeat on Lost Cause. Yeah. <laughs> I believe I listened to that one a lot when I was um, breaking up with a girlfriend at the time. Mm. Um, and uh, f- that was definitely my fault. <laughs> Uh, in that relationship and I was very bad feeling very bad about myself and I listened to Lost Cause a lot that's, that's how I felt I, I, I think that Lost Cause should go in the annals of like best breakup songs all of all time and maybe just like one of the best songs of all time no it's it should be like it's definitely number one with a bullet of the sad bastard <laughs> It absolutely is. Uh, I'm tired of fighting. Tired of fighting. Tired of fighting for, for a, a lost cause. Because <laughs> baby, there's too many. Baby, peop- I'm a lost cause. Yeah, baby, you're a lost cause. That's yeah. the yeah. Um, but the, there's too many people you used to know. They seen you come and they see you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know your secrets. Or they know, know your secrets, secrets, you know theirs. Yep. Yeah, so good. Oh, my God. But that's... Uh, and I I think... so. But that's why, for me, uh, it's number one, even though I feel intellectually that Mutations is the better album, mm-hmm. and it probably should be my number one. Emotionally, Sea Change is my number one. And then you know what the next... Like it came out like a year later was Eternal Sunshine. Oh yeah, where yeah. he does that yeah. um, Corgi's cover of yeah, uh, everyone's gonna everyone's gotta learn sometime. Yeah, which it's, is it's so his his interpretation of it is so good. I know. Uh, yeah, it just it just that project feels like 
it feels like Eternal Sunshine is like an extension of that album. Yeah. I just. I oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's the only album that you haven't. Guero is your number one? Yep. Really? Yep. Okay. Justify that for me, my friend. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. It's. Um, for one, again, there's no... Because di- I think it's fine. I, again, this is not... Um, I, I have nothing really bad to say about that album other than when I was listening back to everything and I listened to starting with Guero, then The Information, then Modern Guild, for some reason, those three albums felt very much... Uh, very samey to me. Like, sonically, uh, even even from a... Like a it felt like... Uh, especially between um, the information and Guero, it felt like there were some songs that shared, um, that even shared uh, a sonic palette that shared like some even maybe chord progressions in there or something. There were a few that sounded very similar. So listening to them right in a row highlighted for me that those three albums uh, just did not feel like they had a lot of newness between them. So... That, well, that's my only criticism. My, well, for one, like, you're not going to, like, uh, other than your sea change, your morning phase, and your mutations, mm-hmm. uh, none of these songs offer any insight into the man that is Beck Hansen. Right. Uh, well, n- none of the so- other songs. Wero feels like it has a sense of place of South LA with, with, yeah. the, with the rhythms and everything, which is where Beck is from. I, I would, and, agree. yeah, go ahead. And Guero is what he was called when he was walking. Right. Like, for me, it's like, give some insight to who, a little bit of insight to who he is. And plus, the rhythms are damn good. Yeah, I um, like it. Yeah. I, I, I do like it. It's, um, it, 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 to me, it, even more than Ole, it feels like an opus. Like okay. It, it's a declaration of like, this is who I am. I am a world music loving dumpster diving, um, you know, absurd. I, I would, I would, I would say that dude, that Guero is a much more confident album than Odele is. That's, and I, that's also why I like about it. It's like he, this is, this to me means for confident and more of a declaration of who he is mm-hmm. or who he was at that time. than anything he's anything he's done, especially in the, you know, these sample heavy records. Well, and, and I would, I would even, uh, uh, venture that, um, that the songwriting on Odele is also overall better than, uh, than Odele. I, I think that mm. like, I don't have a, where it's at on Odele. Um, yeah where it's something where I'm just not interested in it. You shouldn't have a where it's at at all. Whatever. Um, It's, I'm not disputing that it's a classic song and it's not, I'm not saying it's a bad song. Just for me, it's like, there's not enough to, yeah. But Guero, there's no song where I feel that way. Yeah. Um, There's, there's actually like in with, if you sit there with the liner notes and read the lyrics, then, How many soapboxes do you got in this apartment? <laughs> it's hard to walk around without hitting one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a one bedroom, right? 
Like, where do you like between the books and the soapboxes? I have a button they just pop out of the floor. How do you <laughs> how do you bring women home? <laughs> well. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so, but if you, if you sit there and read the lyrics, there's, there's, uh, there are quite a few that are actually really heavy lyrics that are paired with, uh, with, with some serious beats. And when I say serious beats, I don't mean serious. It's, it's like there, it's a very, um, rhythmic record. It's a very poppy record. Um, and, often that sound is paired very nicely with some dour lyrics. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I have a lot of appreciation for that now that I really didn't when I first heard like summer girl. Yeah. Well, again, like I feel like this has more of a sense of who he is, like where he's come from. Mm -hmm. I mean, you realize like he had like a weird childhood, like, but like his dad is an arranger, yeah, and his mom is like worked with Warhol, yeah. So like, and and actually birthed his ex-wife, like, uh, not out of herself, but uh, yeah, just yes. to be clear, delivered her, <laughs> yes, yeah. Like was there when she can't like like they, yeah. so it's sort of like like this, a doula kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. don't know. So like. The fact that like these two have come like, like it's sort of like this makes like this his like his arranger father mm-hmm. and his weird mother and just all kind of comes together and sure. it's like and also since the place of where he's grown up and where he's lived, like it just Guerrero feels like I know where he's come from with us. Like I yeah, guess it's a who he is. And there are some you know some songs that I've I find again when you sit and read the lyrics along with it stuff like Black Tambourine mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, what am I thinking of uh, besides that? Uh, I mean, Farewell Ride is a great, it's just a great mm-hmm. song. I think that's, that is, you know, an instance where they actually, the mood and the, and the lyrics, uh, you know, complement each other. Plus like, you know, you got the vegetable man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's but like Broken and- Drum mm-hmm. to, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot to like on there. Um, I mean, and what's also, what's not to love about a rave up like E-Pro? You know? Yeah. So, like, it's, to me, like, it's just, it's, it's got some nooks and crannies, but, like, again, like, you you know, like, it's the first one you get to see him as a person and not, like, as a sad, you know, breakup back. Yeah. So, which I, I, I like, I like fun back you know when he gets over the girl and uh yeah gets back on the horse and and i i am i am a, an ardent fan of sad bastard beck yeah and that's fine i mean but but that's interesting that so for us i what i was surprised because I, I i honestly thought going into this mm-hmm. no matter what ole would be my number one but it's interesting to me that i i don't know with all of those, you know, if you think about the classic run, basically, or what people, what most people would consider the classic run of Mellow Gold, Odelay Mutations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Again, just because of the way it's marketed, I, I'm surprised that you can, and I know why now, mm-hmm. now that my anger has died down. <laughs> I've taken some deep breaths mm-hmm. and I've... And, 
I, I've decided to honor, I guess, your opinion. No, I don't respect it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, that you consider um, that mutations is considered like the classic run for you, mm-hmm. part of that run. Because to me, is like mutations and midnight vultures is like the two things like I kind of skip over as far as like the classic run goes. Okay, sure. Like he had the mid nineties run with Mel Gold and Ole. Yeah, and then he kind of like I got I I got Grammys now. Like, yeah, you know, did the various singles and such. Like he did the that life last ordinary uh, dead weight song, mm-hmm. um, and then he did um, mutations and. Uh, which I, again, the way it was marketed, I was like, oh, and this is, this isn't samples, guys. It's just songs he just does. <laughs> which is, which is probably why you did not really think to include one foot in the grave. Yeah. Like, and yeah, exactly. And then he, and then, um, which, uh, is very much a, I think a belongs one foot in the grave belongs in that it's, mm-hmm. it's, that first instance to me of where Sadbeck is going to come into play, um, it, it it would be if you want to split his career basically into the sad bastard and the not sad bastard. You've got it, one foot in the grave, mutations, sea change, and morning phase. Yeah, well, it's just so funny. Is like people will consider the night like hardcore fans would consider the nineties run to be the classic nineties yeah. run to be Mel Gold, um, Olay, and Midnight Vultures. But for us, our respective number ones are his mid-aughts records. Yeah. Sea Change and and for me and Guero for you. Yeah. Like and I see the information too for me, like just mm-hmm. um it just it feels fun and a little bit different and like eight bitty and mm-hmm. like it it's like he's not kitschy anymore, you know, but he's not into the moment either. He's still doing his thing. Sure. Like that's, I think part of the charm of Ole, at least at the time, whether it be in the videos or, um, in the record itself is like, it's got like some of the 60s, 70s kitsch, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, like, in, I remember distinctly in the video, him doing the Shatner, Lucy yeah. in the sky thing yeah. and the cool hand Luke and yeah. like all these things. And like, there's all these like, you know, cool kitschy things about like the lyrics and everything. And like that, I mean, it's all very, um, Janine Garofalo and reality bites, you know, I guess. Yeah. And the odds is like, she, uh, is like Winona Ryder after she sells out (laughs) (laughs) or not sells out. Like just a very, like, this is who I am after the shoplifting. Yeah. (laughs) No, thinking <laughs> reality bites the yeah. movie. Like, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So and me and or the Ethan Hawke character, right? So where like, I don't know, like he realizes like he doesn't have to be so far up his ass and kind of does something fun or sure something or yeah. I don't I got know. You. I, that was an interesting discussion. I did not see that go on the way it did. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, yeah. I, I honestly. Uh, didn't mean to cuss at you at the time. I'm just so that upset. was. I mean, you came in hot on that one, man. I was. Uh, I was a little I, taken aback. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you, when you say something so egregious like that, mm. uh, like I, I don't know how I react. You were like, this aggression will not stand. This aggression will not stand, man. Like, how could you? And say now, that? and now you're you're more on the side of uh, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's enough, Beck. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Should, should well, we? actually, no. Because, because we're going to uh, do recommendations. recommendations. <laughs> All right. Go, go for it. You're going to go first. Yeah. So, um, like, we talked about the albums, but there are some, like, singles that didn't... Uh, didn't probably make the cut like ones that aren't album ones right right yeah i mean they they wouldn't make the cut because we were talking specifically albums and if they were non-album songs then so there's like your one foot in the grave which we didn't discuss there's song reader which we didn't discuss uh we did not discuss song reader. yeah Yeah. which is a really interesting project that would be worthy of a discussion on its own but yeah yeah. um so there's other like little things we didn't discuss but for like a run and like and the and the Late aughts, I think after the information came out, mm-hmm. he came and then like in the early tens, mm-hmm. uh, he had like a run of like singles that didn't make albums. Um, the one in the I think in 07, there's a song he did called Time Bomb, mm-hmm. which is like this really like there's a little bit of 8-bit and there's a little bit of um. It's like a good party record. Okay. Like, it's seriously like a good party song. I, I, I've i been running to it for about 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And it never I never get tired of it. Um, So I would recommend looking that up if you can. He's performed it live the two times I've seen him do it. Mm. Or two times I've seen him live. Um, Which, if you ever have the chance to see Beck live, I, I recommend. Um, it's never dull uh so um and the one that i always go back to is in 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 13 he released a few other ones like one is called defriended but the one i really like is called i won't be long and there's two versions of it um and it's like this like it's sort of like if he went dumpster diving and camp with a bunch of ambient and brian eno like stuff and there's a five minute version. It's very chorus heavy. And then um, the 13 minute version is just glorious. I never want it to end. Uh, like it's just these beautiful sonic landscapes. It's sort of like, uh, it's like he's in his Brian Ferry Avalon phase. Um, I would recommend looking that one up. And then just once you start listening to it, you're just going to listen to it over and over again. All right. So, so those are my two recommendations. And those again were Time Bomb. Time Bomb. Which you should it was like on iTunes for a while. Um and it shouldn't be too hard to find if on a streaming service, I I won't think. I since we're all hanging on Spotify, hanging on Spotify this week. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Neil Young. Well, I mean um, the the I to be, I think we're always Spotify is essentially one of those ne- the, those evils that just is not going to go away because of how we have evolved into the way we listen to music. Yeah, yeah, it's not going. Yeah, Spotify is not going away. Um, no matter, but we just want to hurt them as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so I don't. If you're going to stream it, Apple Music is the way to go. Um, I don't think it's it available. YouTube or something. Yeah, I don't think you'll be able to find it like in a record store. Um, I think you probably could find. I won't be long. As a maybe a twelve inch, okay. Um, but good luck. <laughs> and that one he didn't release on a major record. He one did that one independently. I think that was part when he was doing like the record club, right? Um, stuff when he was trying to do the record club stuff project he was doing, where he would 
cover songs, like uh, people would cover songs like in a day and something. Mm-hmm. So those are my recommendations this week because I got to tell you, all oh, this show I've watched in the last two weeks, I can't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you, unless you want me to recommend the Chiefs Bills game because that was fucking amazing. I, I don't. Um, I don't give two shits about that whatsoever. But <laughs> I don't even give one. Uh, I give zero. Dude, it was like the last ten minutes of the game was like the best sports thing. Sports, 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 sports. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you're not doing back for your recommendations. I'm sure you're gonna I, do something with liner notes and. Uh, uh, yeah, I recommend liner notes. <laughs> <laughs> My recommendation for this week is uh, is pretentious opinions. (laughs) (laughs) That's always my recommendation. Pretentious opinions. It could just. I mean, mean, that's why. That's why we're here, right? We could essentially retitle this podcast "Pretentious Opinions." (laughs) (laughs) Mental pretentious. Yeah. Uh. Pretentious platypus. Uh, Sure. Anyway. my recommendations for this week, the first one, it's it, they're both going to be albums. Um, I have been watching a lot of stuff. I, I, I finished watching Station Eleven, which I liked, but I don't feel like I can recommend on a high level because I felt like it, it sagged in the middle. Um, I, I thought it, it had a strong finish, but it, it definitely, my, my interest waned uh, in a, f- a few episodes there, which I really think something that's a 10-episode series like that, you should be able to sustain my interest throughout. Uh, I also can't really strongly recommend uh, The Book of Boba Fett because I think it's not a good hallmark of a show if your uh, best episode calls back to your other show. Um, so- oh, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but I'm assuming that that's... Well, I'm not going to spoil anything for you other than to say that it calls back to... to was that the one that was this week? It was the, yeah, it's the one that okay, dropped this week. My suspe- I, it's then my, my su- favorite episode of the series so far. Then, so. then my suspicions are confirmed. Um, yeah. Anyway, the my recommendations are the new Cat Power album, which is called uh, Covers. Yeah. <laughs> not to be confused with the Covers record, which was her first Covers album. <laughs> Uh, so this is now Cat Power's third covers album, and I highly recommend all three of them. Uh, I think the covers record is fantastic. Uh, I think that um, that uh, Jukebox is great as well. But this album, any time that you have a song where I have to double check and be like, wait, is that... Against the wind? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, Is she covering Seeger right now? She's covering fucking Bob Seeger. Yeah. Uh, and it's and I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 it became like it, it's the more I listen to it, I'm like, this is one of my favorite songs now. <laughs> it's <laughs> her version of it has has turned me around on that song. And it's not that I dislike Bob Seeger. Bob Seeger's fine. Uh, Bob Seger, like we were explaining off Mike, the, the funny Seeger story I have, mm-hmm. but um, I know lately he's been, I don't know, he, he's been, I've been on like a rock kick lately. Sure. 
I mean, uh, as, as far as like you know, as far as Midwest rock goes, I I, I like Bob Seger. I mean, he's no, like he's no Springsteen, but damn, like he he and he's no Mellencamp either. Oh God, <laughs> but Seeker's just uh, Seeker's been up there for me lately. I, I don't know why. Like he's he's, he's got some back. great songs. I'm not gonna. It, it's he's not in my collection, but he's somebody where when I was definitely more of a, of a kid listening to classic rock stations, uh, I, I did like my seeker, but, um, no, when you can transform a song like that into something just completely different and she takes total ownership of that. I, of her covers albums, I don't think this is probably her most successful. And I say that because of a couple of instances where I, I don't feel like she takes ownership of it and and, and brings something new to it. Uh, she does a cover of uh, these days that's very straightforward. It's a it's a beautiful song regardless of who does it. That's so like but, perfect for her though, and, and it is. And and but it's a very straight ahead cover of it. And she also does uh, here comes a regular. Um, <laughs> and I I already see like this is no it's it's fine. Um, how dare she cover the no, See, it's successful in that it didn't make me think that. <laughs> um, I'm like, this is fine. It doesn't bring anything new. The one, the one hit against it is that I think that when the replacements version of it finishes with um, w- w- with just that last line fading out of. Uh, about the um, oh, okay, I'm gonna need to pull it up. So in in the original song, uh, the original recording by the replacements, here comes a regular finishes not on a chorus. Um, it finishes on the lines about the leaves, which are um, uh, turn your back on a pay you back last call, which is. I almost caught that. Uh, fucking great. But uh, first the glass, then the leaves that last, then comes the snow. Ain't much to rake anyway in the fall. And they kind of fade out on that. Uh, and in Cat Power's cover, uh, she goes back and does another chorus. And I think it's more poignant to leave it on that the melancholy of the last line of that verse than to go into a chorus that's all but would you say she made her own by doing that she did but i don't think she brought anything new to it um there are also a couple of instances where like her cover of uh pale brown eyes the um uh or pair of brown eyes whatever it is the the uh, i don't mean to be dismissive of it because it's a great fucking song by the pogues um her cover of it is an odd choice to me um but overall uh, again i highly recommend it those are just a couple of things um again anyone that can take a bob seeger like that and transform it um and i you know I'm, i've never really listened to um like ariana grande um <laughs> but now now you're thinking maybe i will no uh, I'm thinking that hey, you know, uh, Cat Power delivered a very nice, uh, uh, nice cover. Uh, but did you listen to the original? That's why I wanted. No, I, I didn't. I, I I don't feel like 
you know, when an artist I love does a covers album, I don't always feel compelled to go back and listen to the original. Like, um, you know, when Costello did Kojak Variety, I was like, I, some of them I'd heard the originals of, but I I didn't really feel the need to go back and listen to, or, or okay. with Almost Blue, I didn't feel the need to go back and listen to. Same thing with, with Cat Power. Um, I... I, if if I like a covers album, it's because I'm appreciating what that artist is bringing to those songs. Got um, and I may not necessarily like, you know, if I happen mm-hmm. to know the song already, that's one thing. But um, it doesn't always make me go seek out the original. Like I, uh, she opens with a Frank Ocean album, ba- uh, Bad Reli- or Frank Ocean song, Bad Religion, which I had not heard his version of. But I like, I think Cat Power's version of it is very good. Okay. Anyway, so that's recommendation number one. Recommendation number two, and the reason we're saving it to, for last, is uh, going to be gotten to in a minute. I love the new Elvis Costello, which is not a given. I am a huge Elvis Costello fan, but especially over the course of the last several albums he's released, I would not say that I have. I would... Uh, highly recommend them i have them because i'm a completist when it comes to him uh but i do not i would not say oh look now one of the best it slaps i would know those are words that would not come out of my mouth unless i was saying them for right now when i'm saying that's not something i would say (laughs) yeah uh you know or even um uh yeah so um and hey clock face was fine i thought it was too inconsistent for for me uh, personally, but the boy named If I think is I'm gonna say that I think it's his strongest album since uh, the the Delivery Man. It's also his uh, uh, his uh, hardest rocking album since um, Momofuku. Damn. Yeah, uh, and. I think it's 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 better than his recent rocking album. So if we want to talk about um, Momofuku is a very rhythmic album, I think it's better than that. I think it's better than um, oh, shit. Uh, uh, when I was cruel, I think yeah. it's better than that. Um, I think it's probably his best album with a band. Uh, you know, two of the members of which who were already in that band, possibly since Brutal Youth of that type of music, you know, mm-hmm. that more rock and roll centric. Um, I think farewell. Okay. Is one of the, uh, is, you know, for a man deep into as deep into his career as he is and magnificent hurt. You're getting, you're getting really deep into a record we're going to discuss next week. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. So I'm not going to get too into it here. <laughs> I'm going to make it a recommendation because uh, I certainly recommend you listen to it ahead of our next episode because we're going to do a deep dive on The Boy Named If by Elvis Costello and the Imposters. All right. Thank you for stopping me there because otherwise I would have continued to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> we would have we been here for another hour. We got shit to you, man. We got a whole other podcast to record. <laughs> That's true. We have, a, we have a bonus pod to record. Anyway, yes. Boy Named If, Elvis Costello and the Imposters. Go listen to it somewhere or go buy the record and sit there with the liner notes. <laughs> <laughs> and really dive deep into it God. as we will on the next episode oh man god <laughs> all right that's it keep it mental, keep it mental plot, plot peeps, peeps.
Mental Platypus is a production of Hoot and Waddle, producing fine arts and culture podcasts and publishing works of experimental literature since 2016. To learn more about Hoot and Waddle, please visit hootandwaddle.com. To learn how you can help support and sustain Hoot and Waddle, please visit patreon.com forward slash hootandwaddle. <laughs>